Hey, welcome to the very first episode of Couch Conversations with myself, Rani. Today's episode, I'll be looking at where does Christianity sit with brown folks? We're talking about St. Thomas, how he came to India. I'll be talking a bit about my journey and how I came to Christianity and what I'm hoping to change through this podcast. One of the most interesting things that I find is that the concept of being British, Asian and Christian, particularly here in the West, is actually seen as something quite uncommon, unless of course you're born into a British, Asian family, in which case it's nothing new to you. But most of the time, as a British Asian, you will either be from a Hindu, Sikh, Muslim or Jain or Buddhist background or something else in between. But hardly ever do you recognise Christians. In fact, in my friendship circle, apart from my family, I am the only British Asian Christian. So I wanted to really kind of share this journey with you. What is it? What does life look like from a British Asian perspective? I grew up in a Hindu family and, you know, my family were a, con- a combination of, you know, coming from India and Africa. So great-grandfather was born in India, in Gujarat, and then he emigrated over to Uganda. My grandfather, so my Bapuji, was born in Uganda, in Kaliro. My mum was born in Jinja. My dad was born in Kenya, and my ba was born in um, Kisumu, in Kenya as well. Now, when Idi Amin kicked all of my family out of Uganda, because obviously at this point my grandparents are married, they're living in Uganda, they've got kids, um, they moved to Immingham in Grimsby in the UK. And then from there, they moved to London. My parents had an arranged marriage. They moved to Milton Keynes, where they had a family. So that includes myself, my siblings and my sister. And then in 2000, my mum sadly passed away after um, some health health issues. But she'd gone through domestic violence for 15 years. And it's interesting because I also went through domestic violence. But I'm not going to talk about that in this episode. I'll talk about that in later episodes as we talk about domestic violence and culture. Um, And yeah, I just find it really interesting because, you know, that was my life. You know, all I ever knew was to be a Hindu because I'm brown and that's just who you are. And I never really questioned, you know, what I believe or what I'm believing. And I've only realised in the last couple of weeks that actually there are 330 million Hindu gods. Um, And I, I had no clue that even existed. And then this journey to faith in Jesus to only one God... So a lot of my friends are still Hindu, Sikhs and Muslim, um, you know, and I just find, um, all Christians, but I find that um, a lot of my friends are still from a Hindu, you know, or Sikh background or a Muslim background. And of course, my Christian friends as well. Um, and some are agnostic or atheist, but I, I didn't really understand the concept of who God was, like what was God all about because it was never really relational it was more about a transactional God you know if you do this then you'll get this if you do this then you'll get that and so turning flipping that on its head and learning that actually you don't need to earn God's love like it's given freely was such a mind-boggling thing for me to understand I was like wait what I don't need to like put money anywhere I don't need to go and do something like I just get this for free like this is really free like you know as British Asians anything free is a good thing right um, so I just really um I really felt like I I didn't um understand what was kind of going on um so I yeah I grew up in a fairly you know moderate religious family I did a little shivling puja. I, I believed in Sai Baba um I used to fast I used to do a lot of stuff so um you know 
for me, that was quite um, a traditional and, 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 and a typical way of me living my life. Um, but things have changed, and I'm going to talk about a lot of those changes as I, as I kind of go through this episode. Um, but what am I really hoping to change? Well, I just want to change the fact that, you know, the view isn't that if you're British Asian, you can only be Hindu, Sikh, Muslim, Jain, or, you know, or Buddhist or anything else in between. But actually, you can be Christian. You know, I think because of what happened with, um, you know, a history of colonization, people have taken a view that Christianity belongs to white folks. Now, what I want to point out here is that those people who oppress people are not following the Bible. They are not following what Jesus did. Um, and we'll unpack a lot of the colonization and the history stuff in other episodes as well. So I think it's important we talk about those. Um, but for this episode, I just want to kind of take you through my journey really. So my mum died when I was 16. Um, my parents got divorced in 91. So I was about seven. Um, and, you know, I was just trying to unpack this whole, this life that, that is so tough for some people. You know, if you're from a family where you've got a broken family and we've gone through domestic violence and you'll, you'll completely appreciate and understand, you know, what this journey had been like. Um, so I, started to you know just go down a real bad loophole really you know I was drinking I was depressed I used to smoke um you know and I went to university had relationships uh which were never good ones for me um but what I learned through all of that is that actually that experience hasn't shaped my future it doesn't make me who I am today so mum passed away um I walked away from God I still had my nanny ma, I still had my grandmother, uh, my grandfather, who played a massive part in our in our lives. Um, but I still hadn't really found what I was looking for. And I think, you know, initially I thought it was a guy that I was looking for. I thought this guy was going to fill this hole in my life. But actually, it didn't do any of that. And so September, well, August 2011, my mama, so my mum's cousin brother, passed away. And at that point, I was like, do you know what? there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life than going to work, you know, trying to find a nice car or a nice house, find a husband, you know, earn more money, blah, 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 whatever, going on holidays, etc. And I, I went to see spiritualists. I went to see tarot card readers. I was just trying to find answers, you know, and I think I was also trying to keep connected with my mom who'd passed away. Um, and I know there are people out there who can resonate with that because, you know, often we want to know what the future holds. Um, and actually, I really struggled with that. So I, I kept seeing people and, you know, holding on to hope in a very different way. And then four months later, my grandfather passed away, my mum's dad. And I became a full-time carer for my grandmother. So I moved to London and started caring for her. And in that time, I just felt something really dark around me. Like I didn't really understand what was going on, but I felt fear all the time. Um, and later on in life, I have figured out what that thing was. But um, all I remember is that I was searching, you know, searching for answers, searching for something or someone to make me feel whole because I didn't feel that way. And I'm not sure if any of you resonate with this, but I remember, you know, when you walk into a crowded room and you just feel like you're still you're still lonely, there's still something missing and I can't really understand what's going on. I kind of felt like that, you know, I, I always felt that there was something missing inside of me. So anyway, going back to that story, you know, 
So I moved to London straight away and um, started caring for my grandmother. Um, I was in a job that I didn't want to be in and I was in a really sticky situation there. Um, And then I just remember um, my mom and Anima had gone to America. And when she was in America, I just, yeah, I just didn't love, I didn't love life at all. In fact, I really didn't like it. Um, And I remember it was August and I just felt this calling to go to church for about two to three weeks. And I was like, why do I... Like, what is going on? So I remember driving and just thinking, okay, let's just see where it takes me. And I remember Windsor was the next stop off. I get to Windsor and I say to my best friend, you know, hey, like, are you working in Windsor today? And she was like, yeah, yeah, she's, I'm working here. And I was like, wow, like, that's great. So I met her for lunch. We had lunch. She went back to work. And then I was just walking around and I was on the phone to one of my other friends. Um, and I said, I'll have to call you back. And I was outside this church, which said, all are welcome to our Baptist church. And I thought, you know what? I've got to go in because the door's finally open. (laughs) So I went in and there was nobody there. And I mean, literally not a single person. At least that's what I thought um, until after my experience. I went around to the right-hand side of the church and there was a table there with lentils in bowls. And there was a sign there saying what's weighing you down in life. And the idea was you take the lentils and you pour out a handful um, in relation to one of the topics and the topics where you know what's weighing you down in life is it love is it career is it money is it you know relationships what you know what is it and I just started to cry because I was just like I have no idea what's going on right now but I just I just felt like I, I could cry and so I did and then I walked over to the left hand side of the church and there was a prayer of light so I lit a candle and I remember um saying that prayer of light and going and sitting in one of the pews and I sat down and I looked around and there was not anyone in that place and I thought okay and then I started to cry and I can hear my own echoes back to myself and I remember just kneeling down and just saying God please take this pain away from me and in that instance I felt this hand on my chest and I felt this peace that I can't even explain to you whatever that dark thing was around me disappeared instantaneously and I felt this I felt like I'd been given a new life in that moment I wasn't sure what had happened um and then I remember walking up and walking out and people looking up at me from the stairs and I was like why are people staring at me and again the thought that goes through mind is like is it because I'm a brown girl walking out of church and I went down the stairs, I went home and I remember I slept and there's nothing that could, you know, I, I didn't feel fear, I didn't feel that thing around me, I felt normal. And I rang the vicar the following day and I said, hey, you know, um, this happened to me in your church yesterday and she started laughing, she was like, oh, she was, that's the Holy Spirit. And I was like, what's the Holy Spirit? Um, and we'll go into the Trinity a bit later, <laughs> not right now, but um I just remember I was still, you know, kind of pessimistic and I, you know, ended up going to church with my aunt and I was telling people there and they were really like, wow, like you've had an encounter with God, that's amazing. And I still didn't really understand what was going on. I was like, okay, I'm not really sure what I believe right now. And then my um, grandmother came back from um, from America and I think I was still seeing spiritualists at, at, at this time. Um, and I remember, um, you know, falling out with my grandmother just because you know she was 80 I was 28 we both had different ways we were strong-headed women um and 
I said, I need to go home for a few days, back to Milton Keynes. So I went back to Milton Keynes and something nudged me to go to a church that I used to pass every single day on the way to school, so secondary school. And I get to the church and guess what? Yeah, that's right, the doors were closed. And so I I just felt prompted to look at the um, the sign outside the church where they have office numbers and things like that, like notices. And I rang the number that was there and I said, hi, I'm trying to go into the church, but it's closed. And I said, yeah, sorry, we kind of keep it closed during the weeks of vandalism and things like that. And um, they said, oh, why don't you pop in? We're just around the corner. So I said, okay. So I popped in and um, I met two lovely, lovely women. And I still felt really out of place because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But as we, as I told them what happened and what was going on in my life, they sat with me and they were just about to pray um, and the vicar walked in. And the vicar, um, Catherine, who um, just happened to be using the bathroom at the time, got reeled in and she came in and the three of them prayed for me that, Lord, if it's your will for her to move home, you know, we kind of, we pray that she would, you know, that, that if that's your will, then she would move home. And, you know, again, I'm still not quite sure what's going on and whether I believe this stuff or not. Um, anyway, a week or so later, I ended up moving back home. And then I started going to mid-morning services. And I, I've got to say, before I before I even step, stepped a foot into this church, so um, this church in Bletchley, I remember thinking, they're going to wonder, what's a brown girl doing in church? Yeah, I said it. What is a brown girl doing in church? Because I hadn't been brought up for Christianity to be for brown people. I'd been brought up that Christianity belongs to white people, you know? And my church right now is predominantly white, and I absolutely love them. And I just remember um Barbara who embraced me so warmly and gave me this massive hug and she was like oh welcome and I could see all these old ladies turning around and smiling at me and I just felt I was like okay this is a bit like but I remember just accepting Jesus and I can't explain how I accepted Jesus but it was just something that they would be talking about the bible and I had no clue what they were talking about I had no idea what was going on um I just sat there and listened. And even though none of it made sense to me, I knew that something amazing had happened in my life, but I still wasn't sure what it what it was. And then I decided to do the Alpha course. When I did the Alpha course, boy, whew, that was a, a different story in itself. Um, I remember going to the Alpha courses and I just felt this shudder through me. And when you, when you normally when you think of a shudder, you think of something negative, but actually this was like more like a vibration, like a, a real, um, almost like something was dripping through you, but in a really positive way. And I felt this peace, which I could never explain to you, but it's just, it's un, it's ununderstandable. You can't understand this peace that you feel. And I remember um, about four or five sessions in, you know, I knew that I needed to be baptised. And there'd been events that happened, you know, in between um, that led me to know that I had encountered God. Um, I remember uh, in October 2013, so this, this, this of course was in 2013, I remember being baptised and a third of the church was, you know, full of my Asian friends, you know, who'd probably never been to a baptism to be fair in their life. Uh, neither had I. This was my first baptism, me being baptised um, with a few other people that, I, that I'd gotten to know. So it was a big, big step for me to do that. And I know that, you know, some family members were fine with that because I have other family members who are Christians. 
And then at the same time, you know, there were people who weren't as pleased for me because, you know, they kind of saw it as a way of me turning my back on my faith. And I think what's the most important thing to remember um, is that me becoming a Christian or anyone who's brown becoming a Christian doesn't mean you are stripped of your culture. You know, your culture is still who you are. I'm still Indian. I'm still, I've still got Ugandan roots. I still speak Gujarati. I understand Hindi more than some of my other friends do, you know, um, I, you know, still wear Indian clothes. I still cook Indian food. You know, I'm proud of my culture. I love who I am. So that's not been stripped away from me. In fact, God's helped me to embrace like who I am. So, you know, it's a really interesting journey in terms of, you know, what, what does it mean to be brown and Christian? And really, the biggest difference is who I believe in. I believe in Jesus, a Middle Eastern Jew, a brown man, you know, who came as a human being, um, sacrificed himself on a cross for me. And that brings me on to St. Thomas, who was one of Jesus's 12 disciples, who went to India in AD 52. And he settled in Kerala. Um, then he went off to do other mission work and, you know, um, speak to other people about Jesus. And then he was martyred 20 years later in Chennai. So Christianity, you know, isn't a new concept, you know, and anyone who's born into uh, a South Asian family will predominantly be a Christian. So it's not a new thing, but for someone to come from a different faith and come to Christianity is still a big step and still a big maneuver because people are still questioning, well, hang on a second, you can't be a Christian because otherwise you become westernized and you lose your culture and you forget who you are. And actually, you know, really what I've learned about faith and about myself on this journey is that there is so much freedom to be who I am in Christ. You know, it's not a faith with, with which restricts you and, um, you know, that strips you of who you are. When we come to God and we say, Lord, you know what, I'm really sorry I did this wrong. You are forgiven, but you also have to forgive other people. We're told not to judge or we're judged ourselves. And I think you know, just really trying to understand who God is, is so much more simpler for me um, now than it ever was before. You know, a relational God, not a transactional God, that's like, whoo, that's like, that's, that's big. You know, you, you can actually have a relationship with God. You can actually hear from him. You can actually um, feel him, sense him, you know, I can't even explain to you um, some of the stuff that's just been amazing that's happened in my life, you know, um, from answered prayer to many, many other things. And and I do understand that there are other gods out there that people believe in and they've seen miracles and things happen too. Um, and that's not to say those things don't happen, but there is a very different path with Christianity. And, and you know, God uh, is, is very bold. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And I, and I believe that. So there are over you know, 2.4 billion Christians in the world, that's 30% of the world who are Christians. Um, and there's so much more to talk about. So I guess, you know, kind of coming to the end of this episode, really, what am I hoping to have shared? And what do I want to share through this journey with you as we kind of talk about different aspects of life? I want people to know that there is a box, which is which says you can be British Asian and brown, and you can be a Christian. Because the Christian faith is a multicultural faith. In fact, there are more people of colour who are Christians than there are white Christians. Um, it is not a Western faith, it is an Eastern faith or a Middle Eastern faith. It is a multicultural 
multi-generational faith accepting of all people. So I'll catch you in two weeks with a different episode talking about a different topic. Until then, stay safe and stay blessed.